This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hello, everyone. Uh, Paul Cochran here with uh, Garrett Crawford, uh, Providence Advisors Group. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Okay, Garrett, uh, favorite band of all time, favorite music group or artist of all time, who is it? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know if that changes through your life, but I know for a long period of time I was a big John Mayer fan. He was uh, kind of inspirational into getting me into playing guitar. I remember uh, it was one Christmas. I forget. I was probably in high school or something, but I walked into a Best Buy, and it was like the era of high-definition TVs yeah. and really, really nice audio sound systems. You'd walk in, and they'd have those on display. And I remember they had a uh, John Mayer live in L.A. high-definition concert going, and I remember watching him play an electric guitar, and I think, uh, I, I, who knows, there are any John Mayer fans out there, but it was a song he plays called Neon on the acoustic guitar and I remember just feeling uh, this sense of awe that somebody could play that many notes in a row not mess up and then sing over top of it. Um, and so, you know, as, as I've gotten a little bit older, I don't listen to John Mayer quite as much, uh, but I do remember that being kind of a pivotal moment there in Best Buy watching him play the guitar and it kind of uh, awakening this uh, desire to want to be able to play music. That's great. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it's funny you say that because I, I'm on kind of a John Mayer kick this week. Yesterday, I was going through my John Mayer playlist and, of course, heard Neon, and, and I remember him saying his his favorite song that he's ever written is Gravity. Hmm. And uh, and John Mayer is one of those guys where, uh, Peck, it reminds me of some of the, the, the talking heads on TV where um, sometimes he'll say stuff and I'm thinking, wow, John Mayer knows how life works. He understands, you know, he's got such a grasp on on you know what matters and and then and the, the next song i'll think oh my goodness this guy does not have a clue <laughs> he is so lost uh but uh and john if you're listening uh we love your music great job buddy um for me i would say um uh I, without question uh, steely dan uh when i was in high school a friend turned me on to steely dan and i've uh, since you know i just had all their albums and just uh you know they, the albums themselves, we, we used to say, played the wax off of them, you know, yeah. because we uh, had the vinyl, and, and uh, so I really enjoyed it. In fact, maybe the best concert we've ever seen was um, Steely Dan at the Ryman. Sandy and I went and just had a had a great time. Is that the only time you've seen Steely Dan live? live. Uh-huh. And it was so wild because we, you know, when you go to YouTube and you hear some of their live stuff, when I first heard it, I thought, no, I'd rather hear the recorded stuff. This is not any good. But I'm so glad I, 
I resisted that and decided to see them at the Ryman because they were tight as a drum and it was so well done. And oh, and is it still all the same band members or have they swapped well, in and out uh, through they, the years? There, there were two key guys that uh, they were basically a studio band and they surrounded themselves with all kinds of excellent musicians. But uh, one of the guys has died and, and uh, the survivor, um, Donald, Donald Fagan, is still making music. But, uh, you know, he's in his 70s now. But, uh, you know, they were just a couple really smart musicians, and they kind of did almost like a jazz-rock fusion, and, and they did, you know, a lot of it hit the pop charts. And, and uh, anyway, it was all real enjoyable. I, I asked that because I grew up a uh, – my dad instilled in us Chicago. We listened oh, to them yeah. all the time growing up, uh, probably the only band, rock band, really, we listened to. But uh, I, I've heard through the years that I don't think Chicago is the same band that they were decades ago. They just kind of had to rotate people in and out, and they still play the same songs. So, yeah, they uh, they for all the kids that were in the band because they had the, uh, you know, the horns yeah they were they were like the favorite yeah okay well let's jump into finances so back in um, 2019 there was a an act called the secure act and uh, it kind of radically affected one of the planning things that we've been doing for years and that was the stretch ira you know uh, you listeners probably remember that um if uh, you inherited an ira from your um, say mom or dad then the required minimum distributions would continue, but they were based on your life expectancy, not your parents. Well, that idea of being able to stretch an IRA made a planning opportunity for people where they could take a a huge IRA and make it last for years and years because you could just keep stretching it out. And uh, so it was a great planning opportunity. Well, the SECURE Act changed all that. So, Garrett, tell us tell us a little bit about how did the SECURE Act change? How did that 10 rule, how was that worded? And, importantly, today we're going to talk about how, how the, the ruling has affected inherited IRAs, because there's been some discussion on that. Sure. This is a uh, kind of hot off the press uh, radio show today, because it, uh, you know, it was a big clarification from the IRS last week. Uh, that that you'll want to be aware of. And so let me take just a couple step backs and talk about uh, things changed when it comes to inherited IRAs back with the SECURE Act in 2019. And that act, that legislature that passed in Congress said that if you ever inherited an IRA, uh, maybe from a parent, after January 1st, 2020, the rules changed. You could no longer take out a small withdrawal over the rest of your life, but instead you would inherit an IRA, uh, IRA funds from a parent or whoever. You have to distribute that IRA fund completely within 10 years. And so when the rules came out, uh, it was a little gray on how this 10-year rule was going to be set up. But for financial planners like me across the country, uh, the way we understood that was that a required minimum distribution per year during that 10-year period wasn't required, but that all the IRS cared about was by the end of that 10th year, that IRA had to be liquidated and empty. Uh, so that's a big departure from this idea that you could stretch it over 10 years. So just just to make sure the kids could get it as, a, as an inheritance, 
they wouldn't have to make a withdrawal or anything. They could just let it sit and grow, but it all had to be withdrawn or distributed in that 10-year period, by the, by the end of the 10th year. Correct. And so that it, it, the rules were even a little unclear there, but based on how the five-year rule worked with other legislature, that was our understanding. And so uh, let's fast forward a little bit uh, to this past February. They came out, the IRS, and said, no, that really was not our intention. Uh, For anybody that inherits an IRA and that person was already taking RMDs, you have to take an annual withdrawal from your inherited IRA and continue those RMDs that that were already ongoing. And so... uh, in February of this year, we all kind of changed our tune and said, if RMDs were already occurring on that IRA you inherited, you had to continue making RMDs. And so if you're listening this far, you're already starting to think, what is, you know, it's getting confusing. And so this past week on October the 7th, the IRS said, hey, we've been getting questions and emails all year uh, from taxpayers that are confused that should we have taken it, should we have not, we're not clear. And the IRS basically has thrown up their hands and said, okay, yeah, we admit we, uh, we made a mistake. This was confusing. And so uh, for anybody that inherited an IRA after uh, 2020, you do not have to have taken an RMD in the year 2021 or 2022. So if you own an inherited IRA this year, the IRS is not requiring you to take an RMD this year and will not uh, you will not incur a penalty for 2022 or if you didn't for 2021. One point of clarification that, that just to make sure that people don't uh, get confused here. And just a reminder that, that uh, this isn't meant to be financial advice for you personally, listener. These are general principles for specifics. You want to ask your financial professional or us or whatever. But one point of clarification is when someone dies, uh, the decedent has to pay uh, an RMD that year. In, in other words, the RMD... That and people might think of that as an inherited, but basically, when let, let's say if someone has an IRA and they die in January, correct, they they were required to take an RMD that year, and they it has to be done. Yeah, by the by the filing of that final tax return, you've got to have that that RMD taken care of that year. Perfect. Um, so the. IRS in that announcement on October 7th, just last week, said uh, that the RMD rules will apply no earlier than 2023. And so what the IRS is basically saying is, hey, this is confusing. Uh, If you haven't taken an RMD from these inherited IRAs, we aren't going to count a penalty for you. But don't expect this relief to to last into next year. So if you do have an inherited IRA, uh, you should be thinking about taking an annual withdrawal to satisfy an RMD moving forward. Uh, The caveat there is that I would not be surprised. This is is me transitioning into prediction mode, but I would not be surprised uh, in 2022 or 2023 for us to start hear rumblings again of this Secure Act 2.0 uh, where the where Congress may 
pass some additional legislation, and I think this will be one that's high on their list to to clarify. And uh, I think we'll probably get some additional commenting, whether from IRS or legislation from Congress, to decide whether or not this uh, RMD has to happen on an annual basis or whether it can wait until the end of the 10 years. So couple clarifiers. Uh, everything we've just been talking about, these waivers of RMDs, is only for people that have inherited an IRA after 2020. If you inherited an IRA before 2020, you need to c- continue making those RMDs. Uh, everyone else still has to take RMDs for 2020. Uh, and then just because you can defer a required minimum distribution for an inherited IRA for 2022, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Uh, anytime Paul and I are doing tax planning, uh, we're, we're the goal is to pay the least amount of tax over time. So just this idea of being able to defer an RMD into the future because you can, well, if you had less income this year, uh, you might want to go ahead and take a portion of that required minimum distribution to pay less tax on it. The idea of just deferring, deferring, and deferring until the 10th year, if you've got a $150,000 RMD, uh, that means that's all come and due in one year. Yeah. I, I, let me interrupt you here, Garrett. Uh, and th- what you're saying is so important because this whole planning process, whether you are the owner of the IRA and you're trying to plan for your children or you are a child and you're looking at alternatives for your parents IRA and maybe you're like me and you you're uh, you're you're actually doing the finances maybe for your parents or whatever well uh, thinking through the various tax brackets not only the tax bracket of the owner of the IRA, but the people who are going to inherit it. Thinking that through in advance um, and, and possible scenarios can save a, a whale of a lot of money. Yeah, and I thought we could maybe camp out there for uh, a little bit this morning, but uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of rules that I just went through and it's kind of technical, but I think practical day to day meetings that we have with clients really hover around this idea of paying less tax over time. In fact, I just talked to somebody the other day and uh, they were looking for an advisor and they said, you know, I've heard from a lot of people that tax planning is is really where some of this value or alpha uh can be provided from a financial planner and having a financial advisor is minimizing taxes over time. And so uh we we've mentioned it before but this this new 10-year rule with inherited IRAs uh causes uh important discussions I think to need to happen uh whether you're in your 60s and maybe you're inheriting an account from a parent and like Paul said maybe managing finances from a parent or you're thinking about you know uh there might be funds left over at the end of uh me and my spouse's life for our kids and how do we how do we manage these funds prudently today to incur less taxes during that transfer that's inevitably going to happen 10 20 30 years down the road and uh, you know as far as uh, 
maybe for for somebody that's 65 today they've got a 401k that they've contributed to most of their life for for a lot of you that are retiring Roth IRAs didn't come up until later so there's a lot more money that could be in a 401k all that money that is in a 401k or maybe you rolled it over to a traditional IRA you haven't paid taxes on yet and so that's a a growing liability tax liability through retirement and uh you know, there's probably another conversation, Paul, we could have about Roth conversions, but uh, whatever money is left over in a traditional IRA at the end of your life, if you're married, would go to a spouse, but at the end of their life, uh, whatever's left over for, you know, a common situation would be split equally among children. Uh, and so depending on what your children do. Uh, and their, their salary. And their salary could factor into what tax planning you do today to set you up for that eventual inheritance down the road. And so if if one child uh, is a physician making high income and another child uh, has has a lower paying job. uh, Say they're a teacher in social work or something. Correct. Um, let's Let's say you live to be uh, 85, and maybe if you're married, one of you la- lives into your 90s. Uh, a lot of people's children are going to be in their late 50s or early 60s uh, when they inherit this money from a parent. And so, uh, you know, not the case for everybody, for, but for most people, they hit their peak income earning years during that time where they would inherit funds from an IRA. And so, you know, some of this, it's its not a magic ball. We can't see into the future. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But uh, for, for the person that says a, a, a Roth uh, is the best asset to inherit or a traditional IRA is the best asset to inherit, uh, it, it just depends on the circumstances and who may end up inheriting that. For, for a high-income physician, they would much rather inherit Roth money uh, but for somebody that's in a lower tax bracket, uh, a Roth or a traditional IRA might not be the worst thing. Yeah, and let me jump in here for a minute. If you're um, thinking, wow, you know, some of these questions, I need to nail this down. Well, our number is 865-770-5031, or you can go to makingfinanceseasier.com and uh, look us up there. We'll be glad to, you know, walk you through some of this stuff. You know, Garrett, what we're talking about here, um, you know, people often ask us, uh, okay, so so how are y'all paid? How, how do you guys make money? And the, the easy way to explain it is as fiduciaries, it's a fee, it's a fee model where we make, you know, basically 1% on the amount of, of assets that we uh, that we manage, but within that, the way that that we um, the the value that we bring, oftentimes is back to exactly what you were saying a minute ago, that if we can save, you know, on multiple years of ta- just just keeping them from making bad tax mistakes, it, it, it more than pays for our fee. And so then add add on top of that, if we do have expert money management that can be more efficient, plus give give good advice to keep people from making uh, bad mistakes, then it's it's multiplying the effectiveness of what we're bringing to the table. And so this subject that you're talking about, 
Um, like let's say, for example, somebody is, um, uh, let's say they're like you're saying, they're 85 years old or, or, or let's, let's say 75 years old. They have an IRA and, and they, they have, back to your illustration, uh, you know, two children. And let's say they're both high high income earners. Well, then they have to make some decisions about, you know, do I do I try and get some of this out of the government's hands? That is to say, if if a seventy five year old has this, you know, five hundred thousand dollar IRA, all that money isn't theirs. You know, about a you know a, a third of it, or let, let's just call it uh, a quarter of it. Say it belongs to the federal government. Well, there are several strategies that can be done to get the kids tax-free money, and uh, while the the parents are paying less, uh, the, the the IRA. Well, let me take a step back. One of the one of the principles we often think about is the life of the asset. So one of the things we like our clients to understand is here you have X amount of money and here's how long that money might last, uh, not only in your lifetime, but a life of your children and their grandchildren. What is the, the in, when, when it all taken in aggregate, how can we reduce the tax liability on those funds uh, uh, for the longest period of time? Yeah, and we, we've talked about the tax rate of the children Right. But you also take into consideration the tax uh, tax rate of the person that could be giving those funds. And so sometimes when you're uh, in retirement, your your income can shift drastically, especially based on how much investment income you take. And so, uh, you know, we have clients that have saved a you know a lot of money, but can be in a pretty low tax bracket just yeah. because they don't spend a lot. Right. And so some of this, you know, let's let, let's say they do have. We keep using the stereotypical example, but two kids that are high income physicians, business owners. Uh, but if a parent is in a low tax bracket, even right now twelve percent. Uh, even 22%, uh, that could be quite a bit lower than their children's. And so paying, paying tax and converting that over to a Roth for the kids to inherit as a Roth where they don't have to pay taxes, they don't feel forced to have to distribute that within any certain time frame. It, uh, they still have to adhere to that 10-year rule, but they can kind of control when that money comes out. Uh, you know, on paper, that seems to be a good solution. But oftentimes what happens is life is so busy, we aren't thinking about that. We aren't experts at that. Kind of we get uh, paralysis by analysis. We, we, we're not exactly sure what the future holds, so we're scared to do anything. Uh, and I think, again, that's where uh, I think some of the value that we provide when we're meeting with clients is that uh, experience that uh, – we we keep our finger on the pulse of some of these items and uh we're thinking long term and we're there to remind them and uh provide assurance and uh really just permission uh that this is a good idea and uh, sometimes we just need another voice in our life to help us kind of take another step but one of the things i really uh enjoy about what we do as fiduciaries is you know we're, we're kind of ambivalent uh we we want to show you the options. Here's different ways you can solve the same problem, and uh, you know what's the best fit for your situation. And I I, I really feel like uh, 
that that's where the type of environment that you want to get advice from. Well, that's good. Well, if you have an IRA and would like some input on either how to invest it or how to best transfer it to your beneficiaries, we're at 865-770-5031, making finances easier. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.